Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at Patreon.com slash Partners in Crime Media. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Heidi Stomer of Tacoma, Washington. Heidi will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Isaiah Hedden, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedure, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedure. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at Law & Order Season 9, Episode 4, Flight. He murdered his own son? He was cheating on his wife, hiding money from his mistress. Who knows what he's capable of? Killing his kid? I don't believe it. You don't have to believe it, just prove it. Connect him to the syringe, nail down his movements to the minute. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Slate's Mom and Dad Are Fighting podcast, Rebecca LaVoy. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Kevin. I'm very glad to be in a closet with you that is definitely not full of airborne pathogens. Oh, if you've seen the episode, <laughs> you'd be very, very scared. <laughs> Rounding out our panel is our special guest from the Sketch Nerds podcast. It's Isaiah Hedden. Hi, Isaiah. Hello, hello. Hey, if you were going to create a sketch based on Law & Order, would you do the cops or the lawyers? I think you got to go with the cops just because they're more relatable. <laughs> uh, I think it's easier to write as well. I think once you get into the lawyer talk, it just becomes lawyer comedy. And that just doesn't have as far of a reach as one would hope. <laughs> Plus, the cops go everywhere, right? So it can be everywhere. a park. It can, you know, the lawyers are just back in that paneled office looking exactly. at that same portrait of I We were like, who's that? Is that... LaGuardia, is that <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt, who is that guy on the wall? Eating Chinese food. <laughs> I think it might actually be Schiff's dad. I actually thought it was Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was just me. I'm going to have to Google image that stupid <laughs> portrait. That's a great question, though. <laughs> Wasn't he like the um, the like prosecutor for the city of New York, Teddy Roosevelt? It was police commissioner. Oh, police Ooh. commissioner. I still think it may have been him. I'm just guessing. He was law and not order. <laughs> really should be order, but not law. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I digress. Yeah. Isaiah, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite law and order detective team? Uh, Briscoe and Green. Mm. Good choice. That's a Rebecca choice right there. Totally. Pretty standard. But <laughs> I, I think they're the greatest combo of old guy, young guy, white guy, black guy. <laughs> um, guy who can run, guy who can't run. It's perfect. Uh, yeah. So it's just like you know, there's a real yin and yang. I never exactly. thought about it like that. Do you agree with me that Green is gorgeous? <laughs> I I I found Rent later in life. So. 
<laughs> and Allie McBeal, presumably, you exactly, haven't found yet. Yeah, so I did not. I did not. I was not on the bandwagon before, but after watching it, uh, I am now on that bandwagon. <laughs> and uh, who's your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite law and order district attorney prosecutorial team. Uh, McCoy and Carmichael. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good pairing for also this episode. My fa- like, seriously, our guest this week, I, you should just leave. <laughs> he can come here and we can be married instead. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going for that. I don't know anything about Daryl Hall. But he's know. already qualified in all the other ways. I'm sure there's a lot of episode <laughs> where that happens. So. <laughs> well, I mean, Carmichael is like the opposite in, politi- in politics side of things um, than McCoy. And I, and I appreciate that, you know. And Angie Harmon has a, a, a deeper voice than either you or I. <laughs> <laughs> now let's look at the first half of this episode, Law & Order Season 9, Episode 4, Flight. Well, it's quiet time at the preschool, and it looks like little Ryan just took a dirt nap. Oh. Ryan Downey was infected with a bioagent called VRSA, so who is waging germ warfare? Of all the terrorism experts and infectious disease scientists out there, they're gonna go to let they're gonna let Briscoe and Green have this one. <laughs> Look, the kid's infection could be an isolated episode. Like some nut trying out a science project? Or a dry run for a terrorist attack. Well, whatever it is, we need to get a handle on it. When they find a puncture mark on the boy's body, they know he was targeted. But why? That's when a junkie dies of the same disease contract using the same needle. The syringe was discovered in the trash behind an apartment building where a female co-worker of Mr. Downing lives. The building super knows Downing has been visiting Teresa Copeland in the mornings that his wife thinks that he's jogging. Both Teresa and Downing cop to the affair, but it's clear he wouldn't have divorced his wife because he wouldn't leave Ryan. The detectives find the couple embezzled $450,000 from the company, but 350000 is still stashed away somewhere. <laughs> mm. Well, there's some bullshit stuff about maybe he had a suitcase and maybe the plumber <laughs> saw him, but when Briscoe and Curtis find him, he's got a wad of cash and a one-way ticket to Fiji. Okay, so is there any reason why Briscoe and Curtis would ever get a phone call about either a kid who died from the flu <laughs> or a kid killed by a bio-warfare agent. I don't know, but all I have to say is, you know, the whole argument about, like, teachers are not paid enough? Mm-hmm. Like, this is an example of why. Alice, will you um, get out the finger paint and pass out the smocks, please? Sure. Ryan, honey, wake up. Ryan Downing. Come on now, rise and shine. Okay, uh, everyone, let's visit Mrs. Fredman's class. Poor kindergarten teacher is just trying to transition the kids from nap time to finger painting time. And We're going to have peach squares, everybody. Yeah. She played it very Jesus well, Christ. though. She did. She's the real hero of this whole episode. 100%. It was just like, all right, let's move everybody out. And then it was like, I think he's dead. <laughs> Props to her. It's, it's a code yellow. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. I mean, I think your original question is, should Briscoe and Green have been there to begin with? No, because it's like obviously a crime against a child. So like uh, Spencer and Stabler should have been there or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah, Isaiah uh, even they don't know why Rogers called them. Well, all due respect, Doc, shouldn't you be telling all this to the health department? I already did. So what are we doing here? This strain of VRSA doesn't occur in the U.S. Well, then how'd the Downing kid get it? That's why I called you. It didn't walk out of a lab. Somebody let it loose. That's, that's true. I mean, I guess if you look at how much law enforcement's brought in 
to handle this case, they should have been removed like immediately. (laughs) But it's a task force. I mean, come on. Who doesn't love a good task force? Especially when the FBI puts the local cops on point, which literally has never happened in any TV task force in history. No, no turf wars here anymore. All right. That's good. I, I will say that I did love the office of deputy commissioner meeting room, you know, I feel like that's uh-huh. a scene that doesn't get to happen very often. Yes. Like we don't get to see them work together and have these other meetings, like what happens at the next level, you know, we don't get to see that. So I appreciate that scene and just like the kind of like, hey, we've done this a hundred times. This is what we're going to do this time, you know. That doesn't happen. So like, it, it was, was like cool to see. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I appreciated that it was short. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so they checked buses, cabs, houses. They cleared out all the space. Uh, but the kid died at the preschool, and no one took one kid's temperature. Yeah. Right? I mean, Am I wrong? I'm not wrong, Isaiah. I'm I not wrong. No, you know you're not. <laughs> Run home, kids, with your germy little hands. We're going to go stop this bus and go in with our Tyvek suits. Who went and got the milk today at kindergarten? <laughs> you're right, because it, it probably happened later in the day, midday, maybe right before lunch or after lunch. So he would have been there most of the day and touching anyone and everything. So I do love the disease doctor, dude. He's the best when basically like he's talking about this terrible disease that killed this little boy. He's like, should have been with me in South America in 89, Bolivian hemorrhagic fever, internal hemorrhaging, the organs bleeding from every orifice, vomiting. Yeah, yeah, we got the picture, doc. But you should have seen the hemorrhagic fever. (laughs) There was blood coming out of their assholes. There was blood coming out of their ears. Their guts were coming out of their nose holes. It was so scary. And you're like, cool story, bro. Tell it again. Dude has seen things. And Curtis, who you just know, is one of those people who like hopes people wash their hands before they come near him. He does not look down for this in any way. I think that doctor should have been on the show a little bit more often. For sure. (laughs) He had a great like rapport with everyone. You know, just kind of had a tone that was like, well, this sucks. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I'm glad I'm not dead. How about you guys? <laughs> uh, hey, look, there can be no better witness to the casual disposal of junk than a man who collects junk every day to create shitty art. Right? <laughs> what? The beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah right in those cans. What were you doing back here? Looking for materials? You can't believe what people throw away or pick up. I mean, it was a great setup, though. You know, it's like, not that kind of junk. Junk. <laughs> plus, plus, also, what year did this show come out, do you know? Uh, it would have been, like, around 99. Yeah. So this was, like, in the peak, like, Dharma and Greg era. Yeah. Because that dead junkie Clarence's girlfriend was 100% discount Dharma. <laughs> with, like, her, like, hair clips all over her head. And, and like, her, like, the whole, like, cleverness of that whole thing where she's like, oh, but he was clean, though. And it's like, come on. Not clean. <laughs> they just told you he's dead. Yes. I mean, does your mind go right to, oh, he must have had an infectious disease. Exactly. Not even an overdose on heroin. Right. Damn it, art guy. Damn it. Why did you hang out with the art guy? (laughs) I do love those random characters that kind of like are big pivot points in the story. Like, I think if I was ever on that show, that's the character I want to be. Just someone who gets like 30 seconds, but I like give them the key to the key to solving it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, at least like I think I'm going to steal this from John Mahoney, but it was something like, I never saw that lady before. But the guy she was with looked pretty mad.
Okay, we have a couple of, hey, it's that guy. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we we do. have a lot of repeat offenders from our show, actually. So some of the, hey, it's that guys from previous podcast episodes. Can we start with the actor playing the building superintendent? Who's that? Oh, yeah, this guy. He was having trouble with his vestibule key, so I let him in. The dude from Dexter. Yeah, his name's David, <laughs> David Zarius. He was the dad from Law & Order Smoke. Yeah. Who let his son be molested by the rich celebrity yes. for the payout money. Yes, the Michael Jackson episode. Yeah. Alleged, the alleged Michael Jackson episode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, who was the plumber? Uh, that would have been um, Jim Kafkin. Yeah. Yeah, guy with the suitcase. He was there for a minute and he left. We just had Jim in our last episode. Our previous episode. He already looks younger in this episode than he did in the previous yeah. episode, which I think was taped after this current episode. Yeah, last week he was a pedophile <laughs> house painter on SVU <laughs> Countdown. <laughs> now let's talk about the slappable defense attorney. Your Honor, we are being sandbagged. That's uh, soap opera actor Jack Gilpin. He played... Oh, the guy, the attorney for the company. Does he play a lot yes. of dads? Love that guy. Love him. He play a lot of dad? I think so. I feel like he does. He, he, he has that kind of face. He basically has a lawyer slash dad face, and he is a real-life celebrity dad. Yeah. Oh, really? He's the dad of, uh, is it uh, Betsy? Betty, Betty? Betty Gilpin from Glow and uh, Masters of Sex, the actress who I love. That's her dad. Yeah. Mm. He's also been on, this epi- on our show before. He played this attorney character on our episode, Law and Order, Turnstile Justice. Hmm. Same attorney character? Uh, Mr. Axel. Corporate Axel. chill. Yeah, what a corporate, corporate chill. chill. <laughs> okay, how about Ronnie, the female junkie? The man was finally pulling himself together. He was clean for two weeks. You recognize her, anyone? Mm. Oh, Discount Dharma? Yeah, that's uh, Patty Balfour. She was on SVU Downloaded Child. Oh. She was the mother of the porn victim, <laughs> the one who asked Ice-T if he wanted to smoke cools. <laughs> no, don't remember that. And how about Mrs. Downing? Anyone pick up that actress? You killed him! You son of a bitch! You killed Take my baby! Out. You killed my baby! That was, um, no. what's her face? Trudy from the episode we did on Criminal Intent. Yeah. Her, with the the actress, children's clothing store. The actress's name is J. Smith Cameron. She was the Black Widow Trudy. On Criminal Intent Poison, that was the podcast episode in which we made mortal enemies out of Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Mr. D'Onofrio. I love all the callbacks to that. But she's been on <laughs> so many things. I'm seeing her in so many things now. Ma. Yeah. Like, she's having a hot character actress moment right now. Hey, that's great. That's great. Okay. <laughs> but let's get to our actual Hey, It's That Guy. Can you please name the actor who is playing Mr. Aaron Downing? That would be, uh, is it Dylan Baker? Dylan Baker, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. I did not hurt my son. You're going to arrest me? If not, get the hell out of my office. He is a classic, hey, where do I know that guy from? Yeah, definitely a recognizable face, like, the second you see him. It's yeah, like, ah, yeah. I know you. Yeah, recently he's been a, a senator on Homeland. Homeland, yes. The FBI director in Blind Spot, and a KGB undercover agent in The Americans. He's like... Insurance agent slash government employee guy. No, but that's his type, though. He nails it 100%. <laughs> yeah. I believe every word he says. His own IMDB page describes him as milk toast, <laughs> <laughs> which is a really good description, right? I mean, he just, his whole look is like, what? Pale. Huh? I don't believe it. Like, goes to the Caribbean, but he's on his phone the whole time. Yeah. Checking in with the office. Mm. 
Like, can't ever, like, not, like, disconnect, but he doesn't make enough money where it's, like, worth it that he never disconnects. Like, he's that guy. Yeah, pretty much this guy in the episode. Exactly. Too, right? He's the guy in the episode. <laughs> just want to kill yourself. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So, Mr. Baker had a role as a, uh, a letter carrier in a post office training video in the 1980s <laughs> called, Was It Worth It? <laughs> And honest to God, I remember seeing this video being shown it when I had a part-time job. At the post office. At the post office. I forgot you had that job. And it was all about uh, mail tampering. Yes. Because as, a, as an internal crime, that's something that they're always checking on, making sure that you, as a letter carrier or a handler, you're not messing with the mail. You're not opening it. You're not taking anything from it. That, so he played... You know, someone I guess thought maybe nefarious postal worker. It'd be it'd be <laughs> nice to take the checks out of all of the colorful envelopes that you obviously know are birthday cards. Yes. Exactly. Wow, he played that guy in yeah. that post office training video. But you can totally see him do it. That still happens. So, Kevin, after you saw that post office training video, when you had your first job at the bulk mail, which is was is bulk mail, right, where you worked? Yeah. See, I remember. I listen. Yep. Did you or did you not think twice? Before stealing checks from birthday cards after you saw that video. Nope, and that's why I spent the next 18 months in federal prison. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I don't know how you would do this actually in 1999, but how does one come across VRSA? Uh, I Googled it, and... Apparently, (laughs) I was curious. I mean, like the people he wants to knock off. They talk about it very like it's it's like it's so easy anyone could get it. So I was like, oh really? Well, it's you know it's. 20 years later, it's got to be super easy now. Um, you know, the next time some kid turns up dead, they're coming after you. They're like, you were researching this, sir. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but I couldn't figure it out. There were a couple uh, chat rooms I got into. And people, How much does VRSA go for? I don't even know. I couldn't even find Bitcoin. a price tag. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I don't think it's as deadly as they make it out on the show. I think it just oh, you I think it makes you sick, but I don't think it's like going to wipe out the population kind of sickness. I can't wait to get feedback email from all the epidemiologists <laughs> in our audience. Let's otherwise. <laughs> I'm probably very wrong. <laughs> okay, they somehow make the connection between this trash can and hundreds of people in the building and the 1,200 other people who work in the same office as Downing. Teresa Copeland, apartment 8C. Mr. Downing works in insurance. Yeah, the Foxbury Group, uh, 42 Park Avenue. So does Ms. Copeland. Is this just law and order luck? No, I actually think that was just, I think the kind of research they tend to do on this show when they're trying to solve a case, they, they browse a lot of paperwork and read a lot of names. And I bet you, if you were in that line of work, after a while, you would pick up on, hey, I, I feel like I've seen this name before. Like, it'd be like something <laughs> that you would learn. That was not the stretch to me. There are other stretches in this. But that one, I was like, yeah, I could see, like, hey, this this seems too familiar, you know? Yeah, but they were looking at that paperwork for hours, and then Van Buren sits down picks up one paper. Go, hmm. <laughs> that part, yes. That's, Wait a minute. That's a convenient thing that happens Every but that episode. happens twice in this episode because Abby Carmichael does the same thing later. It opens up to a random page. She like sidles up, picks up the things that Briscoe and Curtis looking through, and she's like, "Wait." If I were Briscoe and Curtis, <laughs> I'd be looking at each other like these fucking bitches. <laughs> <It's> so sexist. <laughs> I've been here inside on my lunch break. I do love though how that whole scene about um, researching the apartment dwellers becomes all about all the cops' resentment about people who live in rent-controlled apartments. 
See, I would murder for that price. 212 a month? That's, that's yes. worth murdering someone Three for. Three-bedroom. Three-bedroom, too, in New York. <sighs> Man. I'd find a way to marry that old lady. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably sitting on a, a billion dollars. <laughs> I could retire. <laughs> okay, so they figure out Downing is having a morning rendezvous because he's supposed to be jogging around the reservoir, but the preschool teacher hasn't seen him jogging there in months. Rebecca... What is wrong with this witness statement? I call total bullshit on this. Yeah? Because like 600,000 people jog at the reservoir every morning. <laughs> right. And there's an outstanding chance that even if you're jogging there with the same person for every day of your life, you will never fucking see that person. But there's also one other problem. Isn't this, the school's open, right? She should be at work. No. <laughs> oh, maybe he's running clockwise and well, she's running counterclockwise. Everybody there you know has to run counterclockwise. Yeah. So all you're ever going to see is the back of his That's goddamn right. head. That's right. The, who runs the other way? The dickhead, the dicks. Dickheads, actors, famous people. Yes, we've seen it ourselves. Right. Really? Like the, people, like the famous person with their trainer will go the other way so they don't have to like deal have with Have anyone running people. alongside them yes. and talking to them. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it's a thing. Now, Downey's about to flee to Fiji. With no, her- the Fiji Islands. Oh, is there a difference? No, but they keep saying the Fiji Islands, and it's stupid. Everyone knows it's just Fiji. And back in the 90s, I think it was <laughs> I think it was the Fiji Islands. This was before Google, remember that? So he's about to flee with perhaps $350,000 stashed somewhere to start a new life, perhaps buy a restaurant. Not for nothing, but isn't he going to go broke in like nine months? <laughs> <laughs> like he's got a wad of cash to start a new life. It's kind of like... Really? I don't know. I feel like you could disappear with that much money. I mean, not for like five years, but I mean, yeah, for you like could six get months or so. I really like Teresa's uh, tactic of taking all the cash and like making extra payments on her credit cards. <laughs> I mean, I've done that by mistake before, where like you accidentally pay a credit card bill and then you don't think you did, so you pay it again, and the next thing you know, you have like a negative balance in your credit card bill and of you're like twenty five thousand dollars. Ooh, free. <laughs> $147 That's a huge whatever. paper trail, though. That's a huge <laughs> yeah. paper it trail. It is. But she'd have to put it in the bank, which was interesting, because usually they go for bank accounts, right? I thought it was clever. Mm, I don't know. I feel like it's that's going to raise flags, you know? Isn't it? I mean, like, if I, <laughs> if I paid <laughs> off my debt and then threw $25,000 at it, too, uh, I'm sure someone would call me. <laughs> she, she really wasn't a savvy criminal, because no. you got to think... They talked to her for about three minutes. He's okay, fine. We've been embezzling money. Uh, I didn't know him. No, I didn't have an affair with him. But yes, I stole a bunch of money. I had an affair with him. (laughs) Was she flirting with Curtis in the beginning? Yes. They're all flirting with Curtis. (laughs) I mean, this is post-Julia Roberts Curtis, so clearly he's he's playing it harder now. Connect the dots, Curtis. Connect the dots. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard... Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. And now let's look at the second half of this episode. Aaron Downing is charged with murder, but McCoy and Carmichael have only six days to get enough for an indictment. 
and they still don't have a motive. You're positive it can't be someone else. We exhausted the other possibilities. It's not a terrorist, it's not his wife or his girlfriend. Everything lines up against Downing. We have a smoking gun. Circumstantial evidence. There's evidence of intended flight. Downing made inquiries about buying a restaurant in Fiji. He was cashing out of his life. We can sell it at him. But first, he injects his son with a little bacteria. He said he'd leave his wife, not his son. It doesn't make sense. Scotty does his usual, I don't need to see the guy, just <laughs> let me read this file, and I'll come up with the worst thing possible. Seems Downing was so disenchanted by the disappointments of life, he thought he was doing his son a favor by killing him. But now it's time for McCoy to fuck with the law a little bit. <laughs> First, he tries to pierce the spousal privilege with the doctor-patient privilege and vice versa, and that leads to Downing being released without an indictment. Then, when the biosupplier that sold the VRSA won't turn over their sales records, McCoy charges them as an accomplice, which makes Schiff go, again with this shit. <laughs> now, if the bio company gives him their sales records on the sly, McCoy agrees to not seek jail time for a lesser charge, but he totally fucks those corporate hacks by surprising them with fines greater than their profits. With paperwork showing that the pathogen was sent to some mailbox that could have gone to Downing. The grand jury indicts him on second-degree murder, but instead of turning himself in, Downing runs and hangs himself, and Jack and Abby are left to ponder the eternal folly of man. Hmm. Okay, Skoda, who's... Uh, dressed for a, a college uh, faculty mixer, <laughs> just provides the most I-do-not-give-a-fuck diagnosis. That's right. Which includes, eh, tell me something he liked to do for fun. Right. For an educated guess, sounds like a guy whose whole life turned out to be one huge disappointment. Stuck in a boring job, feels like he settled when he married his wife. The embezzlement and the mistress tell me he's groping for another strategy to get by. Like blowing off everything and heading for Fiji. Jimmy Buffett syndrome. Pure fantasy escapism. Are you rushing or dragging, Skoda says. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so this Jimmy Buffett thing, is this really a Oh, Jimmy Buffett a real, syndrome? A real diagnosis? I have no clue. I, I would assume yes, probably. I gotta say, Jimmy Buffett, what's it called? Jimmy Buffett syndrome? That is a really called that. I is don't know. one of the most real things I've ever heard on this show <laughs> that are probably totally fucking made up for this show that I can 100% believe. If they don't have it, they should. Think about all the dudes, like like overweight, slightly past middle-aged dudes who were like, all of a sudden have a fantasy that everything should be about Hawaiian shirts and fun and ladies. That's that a real is thing. Jimmy Buffett syndrome. That's a real thing. I've seen it. That's I've, right. I've yeah. been to the hotel. <laughs> they made, I mean, seriously, they made the PT Cruiser for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so McCoy does what McCoy does, which is once you can't go any farther with charging the guy, you got to go after corporate America, right? Yeah. Right, Atticus? Let's do that. <laughs> uh, so when they can't get the paperwork from the bio supplier and their lawyer says no, McCoy literally says, What's wrong with you people? What's wrong with you people? It's like he's never talked to another lawyer who mm -hmm. wasn't Sandy Duncan. <laughs> I, I think he's a really bad lawyer that gets lucky a thousand times. <laughs> I swear. So many times I yell at the TV, you should have lost this case. What are you doing? 
it's it's insane. You know? Isaiah, hate the game. Don't hate the player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so McCoy likes to do that fucking thing he does. You know, reach high and charge corporate America with murder. And the first thing Schiff does is yell at him. A tactic to get the documentation you need. You never learn, do you? You never learn. <laughs> Schiff, are you not in charge of your own office? <laughs> it's like I went I went out to lunch and you did this. Basically, like McCoy learns that the husband, like his motive is what? Like ennui? Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, let's go after corporate America. Sure. That's cool. <laughs> Whatever, Bernie Sanders, let's do it. And isn't McCoy the first one to suspect the dad? Being yeah, he was actually, yeah. I, that's what I thought was a jump, that nobody else had gotten there. And he was just like, clearly it's him. These are all the reasons. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? Why are you Mr. Negative so fast that you would assume <laughs> that this is what is going on? <laughs> it's like, I want to I wanna, I wanna indict somebody. Yes, exactly. I want to yell at them. <laughs> so later, McCoy and Schiff get into this discussion about the culpability of corporate America. Yeah. Companies make business decisions every day that kill people. Spend a few bucks more on a brake assembly, save a hundred lives. Car is not a deadly weapon. Do we prosecute the gun manufacturers for shooting deaths? Well, maybe we should. Hiding behind a corporate logo doesn't absolve these people of responsibility. Where does it end? Paper mill that makes the boxes that hold the bullets. Lock up the criminals. Let the legislators and the civil juries worry about the other nonsense. Like people die every day because of business decisions. Mm -hmm. And Schiff is like, yeah, it's fine. It's cool. <laughs> well, I think this, He's a politics man. He, he is. He is. So what do we think about this? I mean, we certainly think that corporations should be held liable civilly for certain kinds of misconduct or the way their products are used. They're going to start the discussion. So let's start the discussion. Should you go and get the CEO and put him in jail? I think it depends on the size of the corporation, unfortunately. So a little corporation, he's off the hook? Yeah, if it's big enough, yeah, you don't know what's going on. But if it's small enough, you may have seen the paperwork that's going around or heard of issues before things being sent out that was inappropriate and didn't do anything about it, you know? Like, there are definitely right. levels. Someone's got to hang. That's just how, yeah. I, how yeah. I would assume. The, the vice president of marketing, obviously. <laughs> here's, the, here's the problem with this, right? Is that we as the viewer see that Jack is only doing this because he doesn't have enough evidence against the husband, right? Right, right, right. There's also like the, yes, there is the fact that also the corporation is ignoring subpoenas and not responding to phone calls, which is bullshit or whatever. But like, he's not doing it because he wants to prevent more deaths. Like, he never actually says that. He just wants to win. He's, he just wants to fucking win. Like, that is his move. <laughs> yeah. He's like, how can I be the most alpha male in this situation? I can't do it this way, so let me do it this other way, which is to go after Betty Gilpin's dad. He, he does that a lot. He'll go after people's yes. mothers, grandmothers. Your parents are going to get arrested unless you confess that, like, yeah, your wife and children are going to jail. That's it's definitely basically the Doug Evans of the New York District Attorney's <laughs> Office. <laughs> it's funny. Back in the '90s, we were all we were all thinking that was great. You go. <laughs> That's it. Give me the law and the order. All at once. Break the law to get the order. <laughs> so we really do get a great performance uh, from Dylan Baker as Aaron Downing. And he plays it the whole time very much like, you know, you never sort of see any of the seams in the, uh, in, in the performance. He doesn't really crack about maybe he's lying. 
he really seems sincere mm-hmm. that he didn't commit this crime. I mean, right up to the time he hangs himself. But I'm wondering, do either of you think that maybe he didn't do it? Well, his thing is, I didn't, he's like, harm or hurt my son. I didn't hurt my son. And so I think in his mind, it's not that he didn't kill his son. He just didn't hurt him in the process of killing him. Ooh. Good observation. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, my problem with the whole thing is that this is like a screwed up way to kill your kid. You know, it's like you injected him with some disease that is spreadable and then you let him go to school. Like if, if, <laughs> yeah. you, if the whole point is just to, you know, remove him from the situation. Why are you sending him to a classroom full of other people's kids? You know, it's just like so much could have gone wrong in that scenario. And you're not a doctor. That's a good point. No, I totally agree. This is one of those episodes like it's so great because it takes so many left turns. It's Mm -hmm. like first it's the dead kid and then maybe it's the housekeeper who, by the way, is way more together than either one of the parents of that (laughs) fucking kid. She was awesome. And then maybe it's the uh, lady who lives in the apartment slash coworker slash it goes in all these left turn ways. And at the end, you're sort of expecting that we're going to get that scene where you get Dylan Baker's character being like, okay, I know I lied to you about all this stuff, but I also lied to you about this. I did it. They never got him into the conference no, room. No, with all the people. To do the last, yeah. Yeah, so I left the thing whole wondering, like, maybe he just killed himself because he was trying to run, but knew he wasn't going to get away with it because of the embezzlement. Maybe he really was just a midlife crisis. I don't really know. See, I kind of think he didn't do it. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But usually they're pretty clear about that. And maybe I'm just, you know, it just seemed like the motive was to the girlfriend that if if she wanted them to get together, she had to get rid of the son. I have another question, though. I mean, maybe this is like a pre-9-11 situation because, like, this episode was pre-9-11, right? right. (laughs) But, like, at one point they're like, well, we've eliminated a terrorist. And I'm like... How did you do that exactly? <laughs> because couldn't it be literally have been like a terrorist being like? But who would they have called before that? Who would yeah. who, well, who would have been the yes, person? But couldn't it literally have been like, hey, you want to like kill your boyfriend's son so you can be with him? Said terrorist guys like try this. Like it could have been a terrorist. It could have been. We don't know. It wasn't for sure. Uh, still, they didn't have Google, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the hotline for that is. We need to talk about the fact that Schiff knew where that motel was in okay. Jersey. Oh, yeah. Bike, please. He's been spotted in New Jersey. The airport. Yeah, the Eden Motel in Secaucus. Curtis wants us to meet him there. Route three west of the Turnpike. You can see it from the highway. <laughs> What the fuck? Like, how does he know that? What is going on in his personal life? I need to know. Okay, yeah, apparently more lying. Isaiah, what is it? Is that his secret sex hole? <laughs> he's like, I think he's one of those guys that just drives long places. Like, he probably, like, never flies anywhere and just drives yeah. everywhere. And so he just has done that so often for so long. You know he drives a Cadillac, right? Yeah. <laughs> Listen to Louis Armstrong on the AM radio. This is the good old days. Yeah. And, and then driving to the hotel where his, his honey is there, and you're like, oh, I know, let's peg me now. He's yeah. <laughs> some weird shit, you know. I just want to state that I do believe season nine is probably peak Law & Order. It is okay. the, it's the last season before SVU started. So this was mm. the last time it was just Law and Order. So after that, the attention was split. Unadulterated Law and Order. Yeah. yeah. Unsullied Law and Order. Yeah. Undiluted Law and Order. They, they, they got all the stories. There was no, hey, this is an SVU story. Uh, we can't do this on this one. You know. This is the point where the amoeba is about to split into two. Exactly. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
That's how a virus gets spread. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hey, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Ripped from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Ripped from the Headlines. This episode takes cues from the 1998 case of Brian Stewart. After a violent end to their relationship, Stuart's wife began a battle for child support payments to their 11-month-old son. Stuart refused to pay and deny the boy was his. In 1992, when the toddler was recovering at Lake St. Louis Hospital with pneumonia, Stuart made a surprise visit to his room. A trained phlebotomist, Stuart injected the boy with HIV-infected blood. The child's condition went pear-shaped immediately, as the infusion was also an incompatible blood type. For four years, Brian Stewart Jr. was in and out of hospital with infections and other maladies. Doctors were baffled by his failing condition, until one decided to test for HIV. When the virus was discovered, they declared it was full-blown AIDS, and the child had months to live. After a two-year investigation, the sheriff determined Stewart had stockpiled infected blood, hoping his son would die of AIDS, and he wouldn't have to pay the $247 in monthly support. Though he maintained his innocence, the judge sentenced him to life in prison. Brian Stewart's next parole hearing is in 2021. Okay, so Brian Stewart was stockpiling HIV samples for this purpose. Thoughts? What a fucking douchebag. Where was he getting it? Yeah, he's like the worst person in the entire world, maybe? Yeah, well, he was a phlebotomist. He was working in some oh, clinical so, yeah. setting. Yeah, and yeah. so they're like, oh, well, Mr. Johnson's thing. I'm going to slide over here. You know what's terrible about this? What? I mean, if true. He was convicted, right? Yeah. I don't want to like, I don't want to be like an if true person. But if true, I think about all of, like the people who are in the frame wrongfully for killing their kids where like mm-hmm. prosecutors make up bullshit things like that uh, case that was on breakdown about the guy who allegedly left his son in the car to die and yeah. the son just so he could leave his wife, which, by the way, like is not true in any way. Like people like prosecutors make up that shit all the time. Mm-hmm. They just want to shirk their responsibility. But this guy actually did. Yeah. He didn't yeah. want to pay 200 bucks a month in child support? Yeah. But I mean, well, you got to think of it this way. It's like six years earlier, they the wife remembers, oh, I, you know, right before his condition went crazy, I, he, you know, my ex-husband came in the room and I left to go get coffee. And when I came back, this is what happened. They said, that's it. So the whole thing 
revolves around the theory that that's what happened. Hmm. So you're saying like he didn't do it? No, I think he did it. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying it's really hard. When there's no puncture mark, you know, it's like six years later, well, you, you got to put it all together. I mean, if you do it right and you go in between the toes, you know, yeah. it's hard to trace. Yeah. We know that's the right way to go. But on the leg, it's not the right way to go. No. <laughs> now, I will say in this wicked world, I'd understand the motive of killing a child is an elaborate way to make room for an affair. I actually would. You I would? Well, no, I mean, I understand why, <laughs> why make, one. It makes sense I get logically. the criminal mind. Right. Yes. I mean, yes. Uh, I can't believe that you do this to a baby to save three grand a year. Yeah, no, that's not good. I also can't even believe on the show, though, that you would do it to, like, shack up with, like, discount Nicole Wallace. Like, that also doesn't seem... <laughs> especially when you find out she only makes $500 a week. <laughs> like... He was leaving her. She was not a part of the picture. She was helping him <laughs> get the 350 So right. he, he was definitely not taking her with him. You're totally right. You're totally right. But no, Kevin, if you're... If the question you're asking is, is it wrong to kill your kid to save like four bucks? Of course it is. <laughs> Please don't have another question along those lines because the answer is going to be, of course it's wrong. So you remember that little boy who had months to live? Yes. What do you think I'm going to say? Please tell me that he's still alive. He's still alive. Oh, oh wow. He's like Robin on General Hospital. He will outlive... This epidemic. Yeah. Oh, thank God. And his he father is, got uh, life? His father got life. Oh. He, this is uh, Brian. He changed the spelling of his first name. Actually, I think he took his mother's last name. I think he's Brian Jackson now. But Brian, I'm so proud of you, Brian Jackson. Brian is 28 years old. He is a motivational speaker. Good for you, Brian. God bless. And he has a charity called Hope is Vital. Real question. Yeah. I don't want to in any way. I don't, I don't know nothing about Brian Jackson. Yeah. But you said he's a motivational speaker? Yeah. Is like the like the kernel of his speech like my dad tried to murder me to save a hundred two bucks a month or <laughs> something like is. that? I would not be surprised if he does open with that. It's actually it's actually he's he's talking about his life as being HIV positive. Okay, good. And he has he apparently he's got a great sense of humor and he good. has a very positive look on this is my life and this is how I've been living. And he's got good attempted murder jokes and the motivational speeches? I, I, I don't know, Rebecca. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll send him a postcard. I would. I would. <laughs> yeah. Just saying, I would lean in. I would be like, not only did I survive HIV, but you're never going to fucking believe how I got oh, it, I guys. Oh, I got it. Not the fun way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's going to do it for us. We want to thank our guest, Isaiah Hedden. Isaiah, where can our listeners follow you online? Um, you can check out my podcast that I produce. It's called Sketch Nerds. It's a, a comedy podcast about the craft of sketch comedy. Uh, we break down why your favorite sketches are funny. And Rebecca Lavoie, how can our listeners follow you? Uh, they can find me following Sketch Nerds. And they can also <laughs> follow me at Reb Lavoie on Twitter and Instagram. And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law & Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freider. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Line editing by Henry Lavoie. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. Get your first month free at stitcherpremium.com slash crime. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act fair use exemption for criticism and commentary. Special thanks to the elite squad of the Law & Order Wiki community for preserving the evidence. If you want to know what episodes we're talking about in our upcoming shows, go to lawandorderpodcast.com. Sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order marathon winner. 
These Are Their Stories was recorded in the Yoga Loft above the Bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Partners in Crime Media. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.